when you go out looking for aphids, you just might see ants crawling up and down the plant where you're finding aphids. What is that relationship between aphids and ants? Yeah, ants collect that honeydew and eat it. They like that honeydew. And so that for because they like it so much, they will actually protect the aphids from those beneficial insects like the lady beetle larva and the lacewing larva uh, and the myriad of other beneficials that will eat the aphids themselves. And there are videos, there's probably YouTubes where you can look at People have photographed the ants actually chasing off lady beetle adults who want to lay their eggs among the aphids uh, and other beneficial adults so that they can take care of the aphids, protect them from the beneficials so they don't get eaten. They'll also move the aphids around when the population of aphids gets crowded. The aphids themselves will produce a population that have wings so that they can go to a different place that isn't so crowded. But the ants will help that along. They'll move the non-winged aphids from place to place so that they have a bigger population from which they can collect the honeydew. So ants are basically farming the aphids and protecting the aphids from their enemies. Nature's little ranchers. Yes. Those ants are uh, harvesting that honeydew. So, okay, well, fine. We've we've attempted to control the aphids. Now we need to control the ants. What is the most effective way to control ants? Ants are tricky. They're they're very well organized as a society and they um, have lots of workers that are out there. And the best way to control the ants is to kill the queen in the colony. But that's tricky. She doesn't come out. She's not. Uh, she's the one who's laying all the eggs, and all her minions are taking care of the those babies and and bringing food into the um, colony and protecting the colony from anything that might hurt it. Uh, but she doesn't come out, and so we have to get to her by her workers. The ones who are out collecting food are the ones that are going to take food to the queen and feed her. And so we don't want to necessarily kill them where they are. We want them to take something back to the queen and kills her. Once that happens, the colony falls apart. Yay! <laughs> but uh, I would think that just like in, in plant life and fertilizers – a little bit of something that kills ants goes a long way, whereas if you put too much of the bait out for them to take back, they recognize it as not good and will walk around it. Either that or they will eat it themselves and die before they get back to their queen. Ah, and you don't want that. Right. It's not that the queen is constantly producing new babies. And so there's always somebody waiting to take that guy's job. Sounds like some bosses I've had. <laughs> uh. So the uh, control that we're, we're hedging about is boric acid, but it goes by uh, several names Some on some ant bait control products. It might say orthoboric acid uh, right. or something or with the word borate in it. Borate, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's several words, but look for that bore part. <laughs> yeah. And it comes in many styles. Uh, there, there's a powder, uh, a dust available. Uh, one popular brand that's uh, pure boric acid is called Roach Proof. And uh, there are the, uh, of course, the little bait stations you can buy. They're usually sold in four packs or six packs. And you just put that along the ant trail and they will go in there. You know, the problem with those I have noticed in using them indoors to control Argentine ants is uh, they tend to die right there. And you wonder how much actually makes it back to the nest. Whereas with boric acid, the powder, they just get it all over them and take it back to the queen. 
Hmm. I have not had the same problem with the prepackaged traps. I had a bunch of ants living in some of the plants in my greenhouse. And when I watered the plant, the ants came out and they just swarmed the top of the plant. And so I just put one of those little baits and they do come in different. There are some specifically for outdoors and some specifically for indoors and some where you can use neither indoors or outdoors. And I had one. It was like a tube of of pre-mixed liquid ant bait. And I put it in the greenhouse and I put a broken piece of, of ceramic pot over the top so that it wouldn't get wet. And pretty soon, and I put one on the greenhouse bench, one outside the greenhouse where I saw the trail of ants coming in and one in the pot itself and the ants disappeared completely. So I've had, and in, I used it in my bathroom as well. They seem to love the bathroom for some reason. I have a lot of plants in there well, too, that may be yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> and it leaked all over the floor. So the, 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 the type of trap may be of interest to you. They may work in different situations. There are other um, ant bait stations, too, that are refillable. You would fill them with a liquid uh, ant control product that has boric acid in it that's usually diluted with water. And these are reusable stations. They're kind of nice. You can stick them in the ground or place them outside. And uh, once the liquid is gone, you can just uh, refill it with the uh, proper formulation. And you have to be patient with this. Unlike the sprays where you see immediately kill of ants, which, as we pointed out, could also kill the good guys, the um, liquid products we're talking about tend to work more slowly. And it might take a week or two. And this goes with the boric acid powder as well. It might take a week or two for you to control that uh, invasion of ants. Right. And you might be very surprised and perplexed that there are more ants around at first than uh, when you put the bait out, and that's because they found this wonderful, easy source of something to eat. To them, it's it's sweet and, and tasty and wonderful food. And so they come and they call all their friends and their friends come and everybody's feeding like pigs at a trough around this ant bait. But just let it be. And as you say, it takes time. They have to take it back, back bit by bit to their queen and then uh, get enough. She's quite much a bit bigger than they are twice or maybe three times the size that they are. So it will take quite a bit to kill her, uh, but she has to be fed it over a period of time. And that's where those weeks come in. But you being a gourmet cook and a gourmand (laughs) have a homemade concoction for ant control. Right. Not something I would eat, although it is not uh, toxic to me. So and and that's the wonderful thing about these these boric acid baits, boric acid borate or orthoborate. Uh, read the active ingredients list on the package. By law, it has to be there. Uh, if it has that in it, and only that, besides things like sugar and water, it is not toxic to humans or birds or bees or fish or or your dog or cat. Uh, so it, it's not something to stress about. Uh, in the quantity in those containers that, that they will not harm mammals. Is it harmful to beneficial insects? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, me neither. I, I'm not sure of that. It's sort of like the uh, chemicals that are registered for use on aphids, like insecticidal soap or mm-hmm. some sort of lightweight horticultural oils. They only harm the beneficials if they are hit directly by the soap or the oil. 
Correct. But they'll only harm the aphids for if they are hit directly by the soap or the oil as well. Right, right. Yeah. There's no uh, residual action on those. Right. And and the boric acid is the same. It has to be consumed. So it's presented in those baits in a uh, in those traps in a way that is really set up for ants to find it and easily access it. So the size of the opening, the position of the opening, those sorts of things are created with the ants in mind. And uh, other insects don't quite fit. When it when I spilled it in my bathroom, it nobody else showed up. <laughs> But I was it's my bathroom. I was happy about that. Well, we've given people enough time to find pencil and paper to jot down the Debbie flower recipe for controlling ants. It's a really simple recipe. It is nine parts of sugar and one part of boric acid. So like one teaspoon and nine or ten teaspoons. Right. OK, one teaspoon and you mix of boric it together acid. and don't put extra boric acid in it. Boric acid is that roach proof sold as a one brand is called roach proof. Yeah. There are others. They tend to be in uh, squeeze bottles, <laughs> Yeah, round squeeze bottles, yeah. because roaches tend to be in walls and and small spaces where you have to put in the nozzle and squeeze in the boric acid. And professionals do use uh, boric acid for roach control. Uh, if you're having a roach problem, you can ask your your professional if that if that's what they're going to use and it just dries them out it just dries their bodies out and they they shrivel up and die but we don't want as we've said we don't want the ant to shrivel up and die as soon as it eats it we want the ant to take it back to the nest and feed it to the queen so, so we, we're going for a very low concentration of boric acid in this mix and in this case so far we have one part boric acid nine or ten parts sugar and then when you mix it together i guess you want to make a slurry with some water Right. So you make the slurry and how thick that slurry is depends on how you're going to apply it. If it's on my kitchen counter, I'll put out a piece of wax paper or aluminum foil and I'll make the slurry, um, boy, thinner than toothpaste. Uh, I want it to stay on the piece of paper, but not uh, not dry out immediately. It does dry out fairly quickly. Cottage uh, cheese. Have you put it in cottage cheese? No, I'm just wondering if it has the consistency of cottage cheese. <laughs> well, is it big curd cottage cheese or small oh, so, curd Well, cottage. so it would be small curd cottage cheese. And it would be yes. the creamy cottage cheese. Creamy cottage cheese. Yeah, something that will stay on the aluminum foil or wax paper. Put it in their pathway. At first, they'll, they they spend time checking it out, checking out the paper I've put it on, et cetera. And eventually, they'll, somebody will start eating it, and then they'll all show up and feed on that. If I'm putting it outdoors, then I will put it in a uh, container, maybe a, a yogurt container with a, something with a lid that can be put back on. Um, so, and put cotton balls in that container, dig a little hole around the base of the plant that so that the container will fit in the hole and the lid will be at soil surface. And then put little ant size holes in the, in the lid. And pour the slurry. In this case, I'd probably make it wetter, uh, looser, uh, so that it, it would uh, be absorbed into the cotton balls. And the cotton balls, the purpose of the cotton balls is that the ants have something to sit on while they're hmm. feeding. Ah, okay. And so you want the cotton balls to basically fill up the container, pour the now thinner, maybe even as thin as juice, slurry over the top. Put the lid on, put it in the hole and walk away. And the ants, you want the soil right up against the container. So the ants have a nice, easy way to get to the top of that container. And they will go in or they might feed from the hole, depending on how 
close the cotton balls are to the top and they will collect the uh, bait from there, take it back and come back and feed again. The lid helps uh, it from drying out. It helps keep stuff you don't want like leaves and, and mulch and soil from getting into the bait uh, and um, gives the ants a way to get in and out. All right. And this bait will dry out. And so you have to replace it periodically. So I make a whole bunch of it, put it in a, a jar or some some kind of container, keep it around. You can I check it periodically, add a little water if it's starting to dry out, and then check my baits and go bait stations and replay. In the kitchen, I'll just throw out what I used one day and, and put some new out uh, outdoors. You can empty the cotton balls and redo it, or you can just top it off. So I'm looking at my ruler here to determine mm-hmm. what size these holes should be for ants. And if I'm an ant in a social situation, I think a two-way street would be best for the ants going in and the ants coming out. So probably uh-huh. twice as wide as the body of an ant. And uh, ballparking it, I would probably say, well, not a quarter inch, probably an eighth of an inch. So for those of you that like exact measurements, use your one-eighth inch drill bit to make there the you holes, go to make the holes or you can pound it uh with nails uh find a board put the lid on the board and and hammer a nail through and pull it out a nail pull it out to make the holes or a knife a knife is a little harder because it leaves those sharp edges it's hard to get the material out of the lid you end up with just a an opening but the ant has to push its way through so something like a nail or a drill bit would make the best holes in the top of the lid. Or for real fun, a BB gun. <laughs> I suppose you could. Yeah, well, Target practice. For those of you in the country. All right. Get the kids outside. Yeah. All right. Another reason for the lid, too, is I guess would be to keep uh, dirt and pets out of it. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Anything else out of it. All right. And by the way, we'll have this link that includes uh, Debbie's recipe also in today's show notes about how you can make your own boric acid uh bait trap and again you would it would be like in a tuna can or a cat food can outdoors with a lid and one of those plastic lids so say goodbye to that plastic lid right yes all right that would work and those lids are for for tuna cans and cat food cans are readily available at your local grocery store you want to control ants there's a lot of good tips for you debbie flower thanks for all the great advice my pleasure thank you